Good morning, Northwest. Go ahead and have a seat. Isn't it great to sing together? I know I've said this before, but it's so great when we can hear each other's voices praising God together. Isn't that special? Well, I want you to think this morning, what is the best thing that you have done in the past week? What is the best thing that you've done in the past week? Maybe it's something at school. Maybe it's something at home. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something you've said. What is the best thing that you've done this week? What are you, as you look back at the last week, what are you most proud of? Well, as you think about that, I want you to consider too, as you were doing this thing, whether it was helping somebody, maybe it was a project you did a really good job on, maybe it was reading your Bible, maybe it, whatever it was, what was your motivation? What was it that was making you want to do that, that good thing? So for the past few weeks, we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7, and we've just been looking at how Jesus unpacks what it looks like to live a life in his kingdom. What does a life look like when we get off the throne of our life and we submit our entire lives to King Jesus? Jesus, everything we say, everything we think, everything that we do, what does that look like? So in chapter 5, which is where we've been spending time so far, Jesus has been talking about the what of righteousness. Remember, your righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees to enter the kingdom. The what we do, what righteousness looks like. And today, we're looking, we're starting in chapter six, and we're gonna see what Jesus says about the why of our righteousness. Why do we do the good things that we do? What's our motivation? So Jesus, 2,000 years ago when he was on the earth in bodily form, Jesus walked around and he interacted with a lot of people. And he saw people doing different things for lots of different reasons, good things, bad things. He, he saw lots of different motivations, but one thing Jesus saw a lot of was people who were doing good things to try to impress the people around them. People that thought that they were really good and they wanted everybody around them to know how good they were. And so one day, Jesus, Jesus told the story. Jesus says, oh, Jesus says, one day there were two men that were going to the temple to pray. And the first one was a tax collector, a person everybody knew was a bad person. And the second person was a religious leader. He was one of the religious leaders, one of the Pharisees. Now, what we know about the Pharisees, when they would go to pray, they would often put on their best clothes, their most spiritual looking clothes, 
They would make sure they looked as good as they could, and they would make sure to go to the temple when it was most crowded, when there were the most people around, and find a spot where everybody could see them. And so the religious leader, when he goes to pray, he finds a place where everybody can see him. And he prays kind of like this. He prays, oh, God. And he checks to make sure everybody's looking at him. Oh, God. Thank you, God, for making me such a good person. I'm so thankful that I'm not like those bad people. And especially that I'm not like that tax collector over there. <clears throat> I fast two times a week. And I give 10% of everything that I have. Thank you, God, that you've made me so good. Are they still watching? But then the tax collector, he stood he stood far off, all by himself, so nobody could see him. And he wouldn't even dare to look up at heaven. And instead, he, he beat his chest, and he said, oh God, have mercy on me, because I'm a sinner. And so Jesus asked people, he says, which of those two prayers do you think God was impressed by? Jesus says, it wasn't this guy, the hey, everybody look at me guy. It was this guy. Because when we try to lift ourselves up, God brings us down. But when we make ourselves humble, God lifts us up. You know, it's real easy for us to laugh at that story of the tax collector and the Pharisee and say, oh, it's so crazy. But the truth is we can be that way too sometimes, can't we? Now, I remember a time, your Northwest kids are here with us this morning, when I was old enough to be in Northwest kids, um, a long, long time ago. I was the kid in the class that knew all the answers. How many of you Northwest kids hear this this morning? How many of you have that person in your class, maybe it's you, who always answers the questions? Okay, um, so when I, was, when I was old enough to be Northwest Kids, I was that kid, all right? I always knew the answers, and my parents read me the Bible from the time I was really little, so I always knew the answers and always wanted to, wanted to answer all the questions. But the truth is, one of the reasons I was doing it is because I wanted everybody around me to see how smart I was, because they would hear me answer these questions. Sometimes the teacher didn't know the answer to the question. I knew the answer to the question. Everybody thought, wow, he knows the Bible so well. And, and, and my teachers would tell my parents, you must be doing something good with him. He knows the Bible so well. You must be so proud. And it made me feel so good. What about you? What are some of the situations where you are tempted to draw attention to yourself when you're doing something good? Well, Jesus has a name for us, for me, and maybe for you too, when we do good things because we're trying to be praised by the people around us, he calls us hypocrites. 
calls us hypocrites. Go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look together at what Jesus says in Matthew 6 about what it looks like to be a hypocrite and what our why should be for the good things that we do. This is what he says in Matthew 6, 1 through 4. He says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. So here Jesus is talking about two different motivations for doing good things. The two different motivations, the first motivation is to be seen and praised by others to be seen and praised by others. And the second motivation is to be seen and rewarded by God. Okay, let's talk about the first one. The first motivation that Jesus calls out here is to be seen by the people around us and be praised by the people around us. So what does Jesus say? He says, don't sound a trumpet before you like the hypocrites do. The word hypocrite back then, it literally means an actor somebody who's pretending to be something or someone that they're not. And it's interesting because usually we think of a hypocrite as somebody who doesn't practice what they preach, right? Somebody who says one thing and then does another. But here Jesus is talking about people who are actually doing good things. They're actually giving, they're actually praying, they're actually tithing, they're actually serving, they're doing the good things. But they're not doing them to glorify God, they're doing them for themselves to try to impress the people around them. And Jesus calls them spiritual actors. He calls them, he calls them hypocrites. And what does Jesus say their reward is? It says in, um, in verse two, it says, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues do that they may be praised by others. They didn't have an actual trumpet, but they wanted to do like I was just talking about over here. They wanted to draw all the attention to themselves from the way they dressed to the way they talked. They wanted to do it in a public place to make sure everybody knew how good and holy they were, right? So it's, it's almost as if they were taking a trumpet and, and sounding a trumpet to make sure everybody's attention was on them. Okay, Jesus says, don't, don't do this. Because for them, what does he say the result is? He says, they've received their reward. What's their reward? People look at him and say, Wow, that kid knows all the answers. Wow, she is so smart. Wow, that was such a good prayer. And that's your reward. There you go. Don't spend it all in one place. That's all you get. What are some of the ways for you that you were tempted to be a hypocrite? What are some of the ways that you are tempted? to do good things in order to be seen by others. I remember a time when I was in college, I was going on a date with a, with a girl, obviously. 
And um, so I was going on a date with a girl. And um, so we're on this date, and she's a Christian, I'm a Christian. And so I, I really wanted her to like me. I really wanted her to think I was a, a good person. And, um, and, and that meant making her think I was a good Christian, right? So do y'all remember, I mean, some of y'all remember CDs back when cars used to have CD players and stuff. And it doesn't seem like too long ago, but CDs. So when I was in college, and again, my parents were the ones that read the Bible to me every night. So I knew all the answers from the time I was really little. When I was in college, my parents gave me a, a gift for Christmas. And uh, I don't know if you would think this was a good gift. I kind of liked it. But it was the Bible on CD. It was just some dude reading the Bible straight through all the books of the Bible. And it's this packet of CDs, okay? So I was going on a date with this girl. And um, to be honest, I can't remember if I actually did this or if I just thought about doing it. But I promise I really did seriously consider this. So you know how when you turn on the car, and like, especially with the CDs or the radio, the last thing you were listening to just kind of comes on. You know what I'm talking about? So again, I can't remember if I actually did it or if I thought about it, but it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I, like she's, okay, I'm going on the date, so I'm gonna put the CD in there, and then oh, I guess I'll leave it playing, and then, you know, I open the door for her, we get in the car, and oh, how embarrassing. You caught, oh, I know it's silly, but you know, you, you caught me reading Romans 8. I know it's cheesy, but I just like to I just like to think about God's word in my car. It's I, I know it's silly. Never mind. Let's 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 change the channel, right? It's one of those things. I was wanting her to be impressed by me. She wasn't impressed by me, thankfully, because then I I, I met Lindsay. Um, <laughs> but 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 there you go. Uh, Lindsay's very impressed with my Bible reading CDs. <laughs> I don't know what that says about her, but. <laughs> But we live in a culture that's obsessed with the way people think about us, don't we? How many times have you walked away from a conversation or an interaction, and then a few minutes later, or maybe later that day or the next day or something, what do we do? We start racking our brain thinking, how did I come across? You ever do that? How did I come across? Was I being too quiet? Was I being too loud? What did they think of me? Oh, I didn't offend anybody, did I? Did they think I was smart? Did they think I was stupid? And, and we just overplay, we replay these conversations in our minds over and over again, just trying to analyze and dissect. Well, what did they think about me? Because that's so important to us. And if we're not careful, the fact that we're so concerned about how people perceive us can lead us to be spiritual actors, just like the religious leader was. And this can play out in different ways. This can play out in when we get all dressed up to come to church. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's for God. Maybe it's trying to present our best to God or maybe it's trying to look good for the people around us. It sometimes comes out with the kid in Sunday school who's just a little bit too eager to prove that she knows all the answers. It can come out when we're singing, when we're singing praise songs and we, we might raise our hands and we might close our eyes, we might sing so passionately 
And we're just sitting there thinking, possibly, not that it's bad to do that, but we're just sitting there thinking, man, these people around me must think I'm such a spiritual person. But meanwhile, we never think about God when we're driving by ourselves in our car on our commute. This can come out when we make posts about how much we love our spouse. Meanwhile, avoiding doing the hard work of confessing our sins and humbly loving and serving each other. This can come out when we're at life group or we're at men's group or women's group and we pray these eloquent prayers just full of quoting scripture, full of good theology because we're trying to make people think that we have a really good relationship with God. Meanwhile, we don't pray very often when we're by ourselves. It can come across when we want people to think that we're really loving and we're really spiritual, so hey, I'm praying for you. And then we don't actually pray because we've received our reward. This person thinks that we're a good person and we're praying for them, and that's what we were after. It can come across as the teenager who talks about how much they love Jesus when they're a youth group, but would never talk with their classmates at school about their faith. It might come across as the high school student who does service projects, not out of a genuine concern for trying to love their community, but because this is gonna look really good on my college application. It can come across in the pastor who reads my Bible, I mean his Bible, only thinking about how can I turn this verse into a powerful point in my next sermon? It might come across in dominating the conversation at Life Group or at Northwest Kids because we want everybody to know how much we know. Or maybe it can come across by never participating in the conversation. Because after all, what if I say something wrong and everybody thinks I'm stupid? And come across as a musician that loves hitting all the, the right notes, but doesn't think about God as they're singing about him. It comes across with a child who obediently cleans up their room as long as mom and dad are watching. And yes, like Jesus says here, it can come across in our giving too. Maybe we're, we're really eager to be generous when we get invited to a fancy fundraiser. And you know, maybe we'll even throw in a few extra dollars to make it to that next tier so we get our name on a brick. But we don't really feel excited to give if there's nobody watching and nobody's gonna know about it. Look at what Jesus says the result is spiritually. He says, don't be like them, why? Because they will have no reward from their Father who's in heaven. God's not impressed by that. Well, that's the first motivation. The second motivation 
is to be seen and rewarded by God. What, what Jesus says here is, don't, don't be like the spiritual actors. What you should do, he says, let your giving be in secret. Now, I don't think he's saying that you have to hide. I think it's kind of like this. Um, anybody play baseball growing up? Anybody play baseball? You know, I, for a while, I was a pitcher. I was not a particularly good pitcher. But um, there was this thing that would happen a lot where I would be, I would be playing catch with my dad in the backyard or playing catch with, with one of my friends, and I'm just throwing strikes. You know, I'm just really just whizzing the ball in there and stuff. But then you, but then you get in the game, and, and what happens? You're, you're up on the mound, and you know, there's people watching, and like, oh my gosh, there's, there's, a, there's an actual batter who could, who could you know, hit this ball over the wall or something, and what do you do? You kind of you get nervous. And do you know what my dad or what my coach would often say to me? Just imagine it's me and you playing catch. Don't worry about all these other people. Don't, don't worry about the hitter. Don't worry about what the fans think. This is just me and you playing catch. Focus on this. Focus on me and take away all the distractions. I think that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, let this be something that you and I do together when you give or when you pray or when you serve or when you read your Bible. Let this be just me and you playing catch. Let this be just your father and you living out the gospel. But it's interesting, Jesus doesn't say, I think sometimes we read this and we think he says, Hey, you guys are wrong for wanting people to see you. You shouldn't want anybody to see you. You're wrong for wanting a reward. You shouldn't want any reward. You should just do it because you do it because you do it and not, wanting, not caring about anybody seeing or what anybody thinks about you. But is that what he says? That's not what he says, is it? What he says is, let your giving, says it in, in, uh, in verse three, he says, when you give the needy, do not let your right hand, let him know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your father who sees in secret will reward you. So he's not saying don't do this for anybody to see. He's not saying don't do this for a reward. He's saying don't do good things to be seen and praised by others. Do good things to be seen and to be praised by God. You know, a few minutes ago, I told the story about the, um, about the, the Pharisee, the religious leader and the tax collector. And there was one guy who, I don't think this was probably the specific person Jesus was talking about, but he probably did a lot of the same things. He probably did a lot of the, oh, I'm thankful, I'm so good, and, and, and look how much money I'm giving and that type of stuff. Is a guy named Paul. Okay, and, and Paul was one of those Pharisees who loved looking the part, who loved having everybody know how good he was and trying to impress other people. But then he met Jesus. Then he met Jesus, and he realized that God loves him because of Jesus, not because anything he does, but because what Jesus did for him. And that transformed Paul. And it didn't make Paul think, well, I'm never gonna do anything good again. I, now I can just do whatever the heck I want. After all, God already accepts me. No, it made Paul want to please God. This, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 
This is a, this, I pray this for myself all the time, that God will help me to have this attitude. And I pray that he'll help you have this attitude too. Paul says, it's a very little thing what you think about me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care what I think about myself. What I care about is what God thinks about me. This is what he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. He says, so we make it our goal to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Well, what do you think it looks like for you this week? We talked about last week. Let's think about this week. Let's think about this afternoon. Let's think about that next thing you have coming up. What does it look like for you if you, like me, tend to be tempted to be a spiritual actor, to do good things, to try to impress people instead of because you know that God sees and you want God to be pleased because he's your heavenly father and you love him? What does it look like? Next time you're doing something good, and we know when we're doing something good, don't we? We know I'm about to do something good. Here it is. Next time you're about to do something good, pretend like it's just you and God playing catch. This is me and my heavenly father, and yeah, other people are gonna see. I'm not afraid of other people seeing. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I hope this is a blessing to other people, but this is, this is me and my heavenly father play and catch in the backyard. And he's gonna use this to bless people the way he sees fit. And I don't care what these other people say about me, I care about what God thinks. What could this look like? Well, for me, I think it looks like getting alone by myself with God and reading my Bible. And when that temptation, when that thought comes up, oh, you could turn this into an awesome sermon point. Just ignore that. This is just me playing catch with my Heavenly Father. This is, this is not for me to try to find something to say so that people think I'm good at saying things. This is for me to draw closer to my Heavenly Father so that he will be pleased, so that he will reward me. If you're somebody who prides yourself on your spiritual insights. You know all the answers. You always know how to explain that verse. You always have good points to make in life group or when you're talking to a friend or in your well group or whatever the case may be. Maybe next time, instead of trying to wow other people when you kind of get that spiritual nugget and you're like, oh, I could share this and this is gonna be really good. Maybe, and I'm not saying you have to, maybe it would be a good idea. Just keep that in your heart. Just keep that in your heart for you to savor, for you to meditate on, so that you can appreciate Jesus more. I'm not saying it's bad to share, but again, to avoid the temptation to do it to be seen by others, just keep it between you and God. Just keep it between you and God. On the other hand, maybe if you're afraid to answer any questions or to share anything with other people that you've been reading from the Bible because you're afraid you're gonna be stupid, or they're gonna think you're stupid. Maybe it looks like you saying, hey, you know what? This is something my heavenly father's shown me and he's shown it to me so I can share it with my brothers and sisters in Christ to bless them. 
they might think I'm stupid, but this is about me playing catch with my heavenly father. This is about me doing what I think God is telling me to do to serve the people around me in the way he's enabled me to. Maybe next time when you have a conversation with somebody and you walk away from that conversation or you do something, maybe it looks like, you know, we talked about that temptation to say, what does she think about me? Did I offend anybody? How did I come across there? Did they like me? Maybe instead of that, you, you ask God, you say, Lord, what did you think of the way I handled myself in that interaction? What did you think of what I shared? What did you think of what was going on in my heart when I was doing that thing? Are you pleased with that? Maybe it looks like giving a sacrificial and generous gift to somebody who's in need and doing your best to not let anybody know about it. Because again, this is, this is between you and God. This is you being obedient to God to bless others. Well, we're gonna end by celebrating communion together. So I, I'm gonna invite the, the servers to come on up. And the, the musicians to come up too. Um, you know, Jesus says that our Heavenly Father not only sees what we do, he rewards us. He not only sees, but he rewards us. And the greatest reward that he gives us is letting us have a relationship with him and letting us have a relationship with each other. And so that's what we're celebrating today in communion. So I invite you as the, uh, as the men pass out the, the elements. It's a little bit different this time. There's actually two cups that are stacked on top of each other. There's one with the, with the wafer on the bottom and then there's one with juice on the top. They're stacked together. So you just grab one cup, make sure that you get the whole stack and it's got both the bread and the, and the juice. And spend a, a minute or two just examining your heart. Maybe you ask God, say, God, how do you feel about the way I've been living in the past week? Is there anything you want me to confess? Is there anything I need to apologize for? Is there any promise I need to re be reminded of? Let's have a moment of reflection between you and the Lord, and then once everybody has their elements, we'll take, we'll take communion together. You know, um, at the beginning, we talked about the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, and the truth is we're all, we're all that tax collector, aren't we? that if we're being honest, we, we shouldn't even dare to look up at heaven because we know that we're sinners. But as David mentioned before, uh, today, this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, is a time where we're remembering the sacrifices of people that have blessed us, that have made our current life possible. And most importantly, we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, who's the one that, when we're that sinner, who's beating our chest, not wanting anybody to see us, afraid to even look up at heaven. Jesus died for us, he forgives us, and he accepts us so that we can be set free to follow him joyfully, not with guilt, not with fear, not with shame, 
but joyfully, just like, just like that kid in the backyard playing catch with his dad. This is from 1 Corinthians 11.23. This is Paul writing, again, that same former actor turned follower of Jesus. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's drink in remembrance of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. Would you please do surgery in our hearts? Help me and my brothers and sisters here to, to serve you joyfully, not to be seen by others, but to glorify you and to be rewarded by you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.